Apostle Frederick Kaluluma Podcast Channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I hope I still have it. So one day there was a little girl sitting and watching her mother do the dishes at the kitchen sink. And then she noticed that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out in contrast to her black hair. What do we call the white hair in Zambia? I remember when I was younger, my mom would make me pluck out (laughs) all of it. So in contrast to her black hair. So she looked at her mother and asked, Mom, why are some of your hairs white? Her mother replied, Well, my daughter, every time you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turns white. The little girl thought about this revelation for a while and then asked, Mom, then how come all of grandma's hairs are white? <laughs> That was a good one. (laughs) I want us to talk about... Now, you know, preparing for this service has been one of the most challenging things that has ever happened to me, in the sense that it's been a while. I don't know if you guys were able to tell that the January sessions we're giving you were pre-recorded. That's why I was in different suits, right? So it's been a while since I did this. So bear with me if I have forgotten how to preach. <laughs> yeah, and how I knew it's been a while is when I prepared the first sermon, it was on the four living creatures of Ezekiel in comparison to the ones in Revelation. And I was so ready. I even sent, I think I even sent an image to media. Media, do you, do you have that image that I sent you? Yeah, post it. The, the one for the four living creatures. Hey, this was the image that we were going to deal with. And then yesterday, <laughs> this is Ezekiel. Guys, Ezekiel, remember the vision Ezekiel had? Weren't the four living creatures looking something like that? You guys don't remember. And then there were wheels of fire with eyes all over. So that's what I wanted to talk about. And then God was like, no, Fred, no, come on. Like, you can't start with that. <laughs> you know, I studied, guys, I studied. I was going to do a cross comparison with the ones in Revelations. 
But who knows? Okay, you can remove it. Some people are getting freaked out. No, didn't the four living creatures have four heads? And all the heads are symbolic of something. And then did Dennis, where are you complaining? <laughs> Haven't you been praying to see angels? The backs of it, even. Some of you in your prayers, you've been singing, calling all the angels. <laughs> hey, Father, my Father, I want to see an angel now. I'm hungry for heavenly beams. Then Chabuela. He said, where are you, son? I just want intimacy with Jesus. But anyways, when the Lord permits, we'll still talk about it. Today we're going to talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about building the 7P believer. Somebody say glory. Now, just by way of reminder, last year and this year, part of our strategy was to build what we are calling the 7P believer. How many of you know the seven Ps? Don't shout them, but how many of you, at least you know one or two or three. Is there someone with a mic? Well, so you mention your name and you say one of the Ps. So um, I'm Daniel Nsefo. Um, so I, one of the Ps is perfect, perfect. So one of the P's is perfect, and we get that from Matthew 5, right? Yes, the next person. I hope you count. This one has started. I'm still learning, so we're preaching together. Yes, give me the next one. Um, my name is Esther Mala. Prayerful. Prayerful, okay. Two. Uh-huh. My name is Luce Kelo. The next one is productive. Yeah, productive. So we've got perfect. Prayerful, productive. Next. Believe in the other one is philanthropic. Philanthropic. Four. Next. Then we find Yeah. Then is um is a practical believer. Practical. Okay. Five. Uh huh. Uh, my name is Jahan Debeer. Uh, prophetic. Prophetic. Six. One more, guys. Prosperous. Prosperous. Who said that? Oh, okay. <laughs> So I want you guys to follow me. So as a church, our aim right now is to raise prayer for believers, Luke 18.1, prophetic believers, 1 Corinthians 14.1, philanthropic believers, 2 Corinthians 9.7. If maybe you're struggling with the word philanthropic, you can use benevolent instead. Uh, practical believers. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Practical believers, uh, Matthew 7, verse 24. Prosperous believers, uh, 3 John 1, verse 2. And productive believers, John 15, 16. Now, I'm cruising through them because we've already taught them. And uh, if you don't remember, we can do a refresher during the week. In essence, what we're trying to say is one believers who've grown in doctrine and believers who've grown in life. And I've really got a question for you. Do you desire to be a mature Christian? One who's dominating the mountain of influence. 
then I want you to pay attention to these keys that I'll give. I've called them principles of advancement. And your life will change because the principles I'll give, you can apply them to every area of life. So don't be, when you look at the 7P, it's holistic, right? It's multifaceted. It's multidimensional. So if you hear me on one point, I give an example of one area, then another one. It's because we really are trying to build your lives. We want you to be useful in the kingdom, useful in society, useful in this church, useful in your family, useful everywhere. If you've not heard of the mountains of influence, I think we're going to teach about it again soon because we teach about it every year because it's part of our mandate. So are you ready for the keys? The first one. Determine the target and count the cost. Let me say it again. Determine the target and count the cost. Our campus ministry, this, don't miss any of your meetings this month. This month, we prepared some powerful teaching. Some of you might even have some guest speakers, I think. But what we prepared for you is for you to mold what kind of student you want to be. So I'll use that as an example. And some of the kids, the school leavers, are through your YAM leaders, get in touch with campus ministry. They can put you in some of those meetings. Some teams meet via Zoom. You need to hear that stuff. But one of the things we'll be teaching you is having a vision for yourself as a student. Because it will determine whether you become the CEO at school. By CEO, I mean the chief escorting officer. When I was on campus, well, those people were always escorting others. They are so easy. Like, anyone can just say, Why, Tia? Another person, Tia, by East Park. No, I want to go buy a new phone. And that friend who's, who's making you tired, they know how they do it. They've got a system, they've got a style. And then it's, 20, it's, it's now past midnight, and you're so tired, and you're buying five Red Bulls, and you're busy, ah, I'm under pressure, XA, I'm under pressure. But really, you just were lacking a vision. You have to have a target and determine the cost of the target. One challenge that people have is some don't set targets, some don't determine the cost of it. Some don't determine the cost of it. Luke 14, verse 28 to 32. Let me give you a more personal example. Someone asked me, saying, why did you buy yourself a gaming console? Would you like to know my answer? Because one of my targets, or one of the things I envision myself, is to be a husband who stays home. So I decided to make home as comfortable as possible. Otherwise, you'll find, what if I need to refresh myself? I was just saying, ah, Pastor Gomezio, you pit up. They'll even know me. <laughs> so I decided I might as well make it as comfortable as possible. 
and wisdom for wives is that you should allow your husband to have a man, a man cave in the home. Let them buy five drums if they have to. It's better. Where would you where do you want them to go play the drums from? You know that this person loves playing pool. But the challenge is what tell a pool. <laughs> the pool places have got like a lot of drunkards and the like. You know, back in the day, I even used to think pool was a sin because of where the pool tables were found. Buy my pool table for crying out loud. <laughs> okay. No, but I, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm expanding your thinking, right? <laughs> okay. No, let's read. The Bible says, Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, not enough to start, but enough to finish it. Let's go on. Least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Huh? This is Jesus speaking. For what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. Have you guys actually read what Jesus is saying there? He's saying before you build a tower, do you count the cost of whether you've got enough to finish it? Yeah. You lay the foundation and you become like those houses we used to see back in the day. 15 years. I even used to think houses just take long. I did. It's only when I grew up when I realized actually <laughs> it was a command. <laughs> going to war against another king and yet you know you don't have the capacity to fight them and then you start asking for peace you can apply this to so many areas for example don't start battles you know you can't finish some of my examples will be academic because of my passion of late you start a battle with your lecturer You become the most outspoken student and your name is known because you're always contradicting. It's okay, but do you think you can finish that battle? <laughs> Don't start battles you can't finish. And also, as you're embarking of some, on something, measure the cost of it. Measure the cost of it. So you really want to get married, right? Okay, forget the cost of the wedding. Are you aware of the cost of your personal space? Yeah, where you won't have your own room anymore, right? What I'm saying is count the cost in your mind. 
It's not, it's very important. It's very important. And perhaps I must mention that in my conversations with people, this is one area that many people struggle in. Counting the cost of something. Analyzing beforehand what it will cost you to be something. You really want to be an A-plus student. Are you really sure? How is it going to affect your social life? Have you counted that cost? You, it's not... I, maybe some can manage. I don't know if it's very possible to be an A-plus student, good Christian, and you're going out every week. Even if you love the Premier League, you won't manage every game, starting from the, the talk show before on Friday. You watch all of them Friday. Like, I'm not talking about watching highlights. I'm talking about watching minute by minute, second by second. You know every player from every team. You know the players from, from Division 1, from Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth is in the top division. You know players from Sunderland. You know players from Wycombe. And that's just in the English Premier League. You know the League, league 2. You know Serie B. <laughs> you know Bundesliga 2. All the players. And then, like, you know them by name. You know them by skill. You know them by attribute. You even know their fiancés' names. No, think about this. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's where the challenge comes in. And then you're in med school, right? And then you've got this exam with 400 questions. And then afterwards, you come out and you're angry saying you couldn't memorize. I, and, and, and you come to me for prayer saying, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I'm just down. How can you be down? You know all those names. What makes you think you're down? You've memorized all those songs. How come when you, you when you see a TikTok dance challenge, Within one second, your body has picked it up. You already know. Da, 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 da. Are you sure you're down? Or perhaps you may just need to reapply some of that, some of those mental faculties. Okay, so the first thing, like I said, is you need to count the cost. And sometimes when you experience a burnout, it's not always that you are just tired or everything was too much. There's a difference between burnout and maybe you get tired and you need to rest. Being tired to rest is okay and it's important. But burnout is where you now have a desire to stop. There's a difference where your desire now becomes to stop. And so what happens is that the desire to progress and the desire to stop start fighting each other. Sometimes it's because you didn't count the cost. You didn't analyze what it would take to get to the next level. So what will it take for you to be as prayerful as you want to be? What will it take for you to know the word the way you want to know it? What will it take for you to be that best performing uh, employee that you want to be? What will it take for yeah, the ladies will clap. For you to be that boyfriend, that's... No, some of you are dating. Even in that area, you must be excellent. An excellent man is excellent, you know, things. Will it take you making longer phone calls? Will it take you buying more minutes? Have you counted the cost? 
<laughs> I'm sure, guys, you celebrate independence, you celebrate even America's independence because it's your favorite country. <laughs> you have to give a gift for... <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is you have to learn to count the cost. When you count the cost, you enjoy the journey a bit better. And how many of you agree with me that in life, one of the most frustrating things is unplanned costs? Even if it's an amount that's not high, the fact that you never planned for it and it comes up is very frustrating. Now, obviously, there are certain things that will happen that perhaps you didn't plan for. But if you can alleviate as many of them as possible, it becomes less frustrating. So that's why, like I said, there are people, have you ever met people who are very good at starting things? Ah, those guys can, that people can start. New year, new me, new business. New motivation, new school, new course, new program every year. But it's one thing to be able to start and lay the foundation. It's another thing to be able to finish. And scripturally, if you're able to finish, that's more successful. Let me give you half a second. Half a second is too, is too little. Let me give you 30 seconds to think of who you're envisioning yourself to be by 31st December and some of the things that you have to put in. What's some of the grind? What's some of the hard work? What's some of the focus? What's some of the money? Do you need to give up certain food? No, and it's in all areas. Do you need to go on a diet? Okay. What are your health goals, for example? If, let's say, um, you're struggling uh, dentist-wise, might you need to adjust one or two sugars? You've got 30 seconds. Think and write. And by the way, this is just point number one. For point number two, I'll even make you discuss with your neighbor. <laughs> but you have to think about that. Count the cost. Count the cost. What will it cost you? Sarah, what will it cost you to be where you want to be? Okay. And you know, the Bible says it is better for you to lose one eye. Sometimes you have to lose certain things to gain. Let's continue. It was either this or the four living creatures, guys. So let's... Uh, <laughs> By the way, how many of you have ever heard... Uh, it's an economics principle. How many of you have ever heard of the principle called opportunity costs? Have you heard of it? Now, in layman's terms, an opportunity cost is basically what you're giving up for you to get what you want, Right? Meaning sometimes you're faced with alternatives and you measure the value of that alternative by what you need to give up to get it. So for example, the Lord Jesus had to give up his life. So meaning we were worth his life. And so that's, it's something that you need to think about sometimes. It's like a friendship. If to maintain that friendship, you need to give up your morals. Then the cost of that friendship is your morals. 
If to maintain a relationship, you need to give up your eternity, then that relationship is worth your eternity. Now think about that. So you, you also need to think in those areas. Now let me give you the second one. And I think I only go up to three for today because I'm still remembering um, how to preach. Understand the principle of the new wine skin. Matthew 9 verse 16 to 17. Matthew 9 verse 16 to 17. Who wants to read it for us? I could just love the way you read. So you'd want us all just to be blessed by the glories of how you read. Daniela, that's why you were seated the first time I met you, right? You came for a service when we were doing a joint cell, and I asked you what your name was. Oh, by the way, I was just testing your confidence levels. But no one puts a piece of unshrunk new cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and worse tear results. Nor is a new wine put in old wineskins that have lost elasticity, Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the fermenting wine spills and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. Thank you so much, Daniela. You read excellent book. Some things that have helped you before may not be helpful now. Let me say that again. <laughs> Some things that have helped you before may not be helpful now. Some may even be detrimental. Let's get a little deep into business. Some defense mechanisms have overstayed their welcome. Some were helpful for a moment, but they're not helpful now. Because sometimes it may not be a new year that you need. Sometimes it may not even be a new environment, as much as new environments can have their own external and even internal effect. Sometimes it may be a new you. Sometimes it may be new perspectives. Sometimes it may be new attitudes. Sometimes it may be new habits. Sometimes it may not even be more money that you need. Why isn't anyone saying amen? Um, have you ever done a study and observed how many people who've won a lottery, majority of them have ended up broke in a very short period of time? Now, here's, here's a principle of how money works. Every time you have money, you have a budget that's slightly higher than the money that you have. I can assure you, if you had $1 million today, Suddenly, you start admiring a car which is 1.5. Even your admirations change. And don't, I, I know you know what people like. Have you ever seen what people do? Well, maybe they'll like, they'll like do a photo of like Mark Zuckerberg and the like and his dressing, and then they'll be like, look at how he's dressed, and yet he's so wealthy. Guys, Every person has their own bougie. Just because they are bougie is not dress code. 
you'll be amazed by some of the bougie stuff they have. Who was that guy who had a house underwater? Yeah. By the way, you know there are hotels underwater. Where you can even come out and swim with the fishes. Everyone has their own bougie. You check out the, those guys in Dubai. Huh? They order lions from Africa. The lions become their pets. What I'm trying to say is sometimes it may not be new money only that you need. Sometimes it may be new attitudes. I was talking to one of our members. She said something very wise. She says, you always go back to your level somehow. I found that to be true from what I've observed. Meet a person who's not productive and give them a hundred thousand and give them a bit of time. They may go back to where they were before. Which, which, which perhaps makes you understand why uh, people like Dambisa Moyo can be so strong in writing about aid, dead aid. I get where she's coming from in the sense that we've been receiving donations for years and they don't always manifest in a sustained economic increment. Or better still, sometimes the national cake doesn't reach everyone. I don't think the solutions is not donations. But it's been smart about what we do with them. Because sometimes you'll find we've received a hundred million donation. And 20 million of it goes into the planning meeting of what to do with 100 million. And, and then after the planning meeting, that 20 million goes to hiring consultants to show you how to do the 100 million. Before you know it, you have 40 million in deficit. I've got a few thoughts, but I'm planning to make them. Uh, I'm planning to put some of them in my doctorate thesis. And I'm very hopeful that in a way I can try and contribute to our thinking. So Luke 16 verse 11, therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Um, let's do an average test. What's your average amount that when push comes to shove and you've spent and I do know people are in different economic places. Some are working, some are not working, and A, B, C, D. But what's the amount that you're always sure you have left in your account? <laughs> like, come what me. When you, say bit, when you say you're broke, what you really mean is that's the amount you have. Like I said, I know we're in different seasons. And it may be different at different times. You guys don't want to say it out loud. Okay. Okay. Now, I know everyone would like more money, right? It's a fact. But if you are to be honest with yourself, how many of you are happy with how you spend? It's okay if you're happy, by the way. Raise your hand and say, me. How many of you think you're doing quite well in saving? I'll give you a personal example. I used to think I could save. I used to think I could save until I met my wife. 
I realized I wasn't saving. <laughs> I just used to keep the money aside and then use it at the first opportunity. <laughs> then I got trained in the principle of where I had to ask for permission for your own money. I spent five hundred and seven zeros. By the way, you know, in budgeting, one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they don't budget for luxuries. That's why you know yourself that a month doesn't pass, you've not admired like a handbag. Why not in your budget put money for things I admire? And you keep using it. And here's the thing. Let's say you don't use it in January. You don't use it in February. You don't use it in March. By the time it's April, you can buy something really nice that you admire. It can satisfy your craving for some time. Otherwise, you remove it from school fees. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what I'm trying to say is, it is well. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Okay, that one, I'm not doing it. I'm doing this one and this one and my time. The third one. Oh, I also wanted to do that other one. I even gave media a photo. Surely I should waste the photo that I gave media. Awe. Media, how will they feel? So guys, you don't mind if I just take just a little? It's been a while. Okay. The third one, understand the iceberg principle. Uh, give us a photo media. Now, I know some of you, when, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of an iceberg? I'm curious. Really? So, when you think of an iceberg, you're thinking, and Jack, Jack is like, Jack! Now, Okay, how many of you have heard of the Titanic? It was a tragic event. These guys built a ship, and in their words, they said, not even God can sink this ship. Those are their words when they built it. But then some, in, some the light please, some investigation has shown that um, a fire had started on the ship, but they hid that part. You, you've seen that investigation, right? There was a fire that had started on that ship. And then, in addition, um, they put very few lifeboats. They took for granted the fact that it was such a nice ship that they compromised on certain areas. And then the reason why they couldn't deal with the issue of the fire is that if they completely dealt with it and did all the repairs that they needed to do, they would have then gone beyond time and they had already sold tickets and they needed to make back the money that they used on building the ship. That's just, that's just, you know, those things that you study in your free time. So the principle of an iceberg, uh, some of you perhaps are already familiar with this, but we can just remind ourselves is that an iceberg is always bigger on the inside. It's bigger below the water than it is above. So what you see above the water is the tip of the iceberg. That is why some, because someone would think, but then, can you imagine the ship hitting into that? 
So the principle of an iceberg is that what's below the surface is always bigger than what's above the surface. Why am I saying this? Do you remember God speaking um, and our Lord Jesus said, you can bring the lights back on. Remember our Lord Jesus saying, the father who sees you in secret will reward you in public. Most of the times, unless you get to know somebody, you may not know the secret things that they do. What am I trying to say? Major, I've got no problem with you being a socialite, with you uh, being an influencer. I've got no problem with you. If you want, please be our guest. Show everything about your life on social media. It's up to you, really. Dora, I'm not one of those folk. I'm telling you, no. If you show this on social media, the witches, now you think the witches just go on Facebook. You think they can't see you when you're walking in the road. Not everyone is happy. No, Mr. Chan. <laughs> However, after you've shown us your adventurous life for social media, don't come and complain fast then and say, which part of my lifestyle eh? makes people think I can lend them a seven pin? <laughs> my point though is this. Many people major in the part that they show people rather than in the secret parts that actually build them up. The part that you show people, like I said, show as much as you want, but then that shouldn't be your primary focus. Your primary focus should be, who am I when I'm alone? What are my habits? What is this? What is this? What is this? Because if all you focus on is the part that you show people, you end up being demotivated when you're performing tasks that people won't get to see. Rather than being an excellent man who's excellent in all things, you'll be an excellent man who's excellent when people are watching. And the challenge is, the challenge is this. When people cheer for you, it feels good. I don't know some of you don't like it. That's why people walk with an imaginary audience in their head. Sometimes even just those who play games, just the game cheering for you. Why do you think people don't play it without volume? <laughs> it feels good. But then the challenge is, it can become your reward. And yet there's something bigger. So don't let that be the major you. Let there be something deeper to you than what people see. And it's those little habits. It's the... Uh, if you can only pray with people, what happens when you're alone? I hope somebody's hearing me. If you can only study in a study group, what happens when you have to study for yourself? What if in the study group there are some people who only come to hear answers but they don't give you theirs? You have to focus on those internal aspects. And for every great person you find, there are probably certain internal... And they are. it's not even that... Maybe they do complicated things. Perhaps they're just consistent in the very things you're able to do even better. But perhaps they just do it consistently. And then they experience the compounding power of consistency. Okay. I'm giving you 30 seconds. 
I want you to write down some of the habits you think you need to strengthen. Whether you're already doing them, you can even do them better. And that you need to do a lot in the secret place. You've got 30 seconds. Those that you want to be doing, whether people watch or not, whether they clap or not. Some people want Bakalyosi, they tell you, ah, you are prayerful. When I hear you pray, when I hear you fire prayer, what happens if we stop giving you to lead for some time? What are some of the habits? And you know how you can tell? You can tell by, here's a person who's very organized when it comes to church, but disorganized when we tell you to write something for yourself. Like, your cell can tell you, draw us, draw us a plan, a reading plan as a cell. Can you also now apply that to yourself and draw yourself a reading plan for yourself? <laughs> People are saying that we do the living creatures. Can you guys permit me to do the final two? Okay, let's go. That's the final two. So the first head is symbolic of... <laughs> okay, so the final two is uh, understand the principle of process. The principle of process. Galatians 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Genesis chapter 8, verse 12. Actually, verse 22. Who wants to read it for us? Who's very confident in their reading and would like to read it? Very quickly. Malama, you already talked. I need uh, a mail. Let's have Joseph. It. One, two, three, go. Through birth, uh -huh. seed time and harvest, uh -huh. hot and winter and summer, and day and night. Okay. <laughs> What's coming into your mind? Okay, I was asking the audience. Yep. That's showing off. Guys, what was coming into your mind? What will you do? Media, that's funny. <laughs> okay, now, the Bible starts by saying, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. And some of these will go deeper into them in some of our smaller meetings. Now, it says seed time and harvest. That shows you that the earth has been designed. Okay, that's not my point right now. <laughs> Right now, my point is this. The earth has been designed to have processes. No, the earth has been designed to have processes. It's been designed to have processes. So, I'll give you an example, right? This ministry is going to several other places, right? Now, we didn't meet the whole of January. We've met today. But to be fair, you can say we've given a good account of ourselves, right? Like, like I wasn't sure whether it would be four or be 50. <laughs> Was it easy to be watching online? But how come we stayed loyal? Why didn't you change churches? 
Now here's something that you need to know. One of the reasons is, if this ministry had started in December and then January, meaning there are certain processes that we've undergone as a ministry which have made us to have a certain stamina that can withstand certain shocks. There are certain processes that have to happen. And to, 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 to appreciate this one, this point, I'll mix it with the next point, which is that you have to understand the value of process because process has a value. So let me give you this example. If today I was given an option that from now on, Frederick, you never have to study for an exam. From now on, when you enter the exam room, there'll be an angel in front of you who'll be saying, question number one, this. Question number two, this. Question number three, this. You want to hear what I want to say? I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it. I would have degrees with no substance. Listen, one of the things I appreciate about, um, I remember my wife and I went for dinner, uh, were invited by a wonderful uh, woman of God, uh, Pastor Gladys, just recently, January, we had dinner with her and her family. And then her son, her son said something to me. He said, uh, remember I'd gone to preach at their church last year, right? So he said, when I heard you preach, the first thing I could tell, and follow me well, okay? Because like, when I heard you preach, the first thing I could tell was, wow, this man is educated. Apparently there was a way I was talking and the way I was bringing out things and he could tell that. Now, one of the things that has helped me is over time and allowing certain processes to happen, I have developed the ability to learn. So if an angel was coming and telling you all the answers, you may not develop the ability to learn. So you may have degrees. And then there is no degree, there is no work you do or business you do that is answered by the degree. There is no degree that completely has a syllabus for what you work. As a matter of fact, usually you may even work in an, a field that's very differently. But what that paper would do among other things, apart from giving you certain basic skills or advertising you, is that it gives you the ability to learn. Because you've had to do a hard assignment before. Because you've had to write, you, anyway. Have you ever entered an exam room? You look at the paper and you know this one is not an exam, this is a battle. And you start quoting scriptures, you are my battle axe, says the Lord. With you, I conquer. Who's ever had that? Where you're like, have you ever entered and you're saying, come what me, one of us, one of us, something has to happen. Where you've got two points and you produce a six page essay. <laughs> now, you know, who's ever been there? You've got two points and you produce a six page essay. You just start writing big words. 
<laughs> I remember when I was in grade nine, there was a paper that was given and the teacher laughed because someone wrote on like the exam, sir, I am not good at civics. Me, I'm only good at mathematics and English. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is that process has a value. And if you don't appreciate the value of process, you will not, you, it, it won't do anything good in you if you don't appreciate the value of it. And that's why before you embark on anything, try to understand the value of it. Otherwise, it won't do you any good. As in, understand what are the sleepless nights for? What are they doing in you? Everything has a process and it's got a value, but you, the worst thing to do is to have a process and then not get the value of it. You know what will happen? You have to keep having the same process again and again and again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, James 1 verse 3. I, I love to say this whenever I'm training the church when it comes to these things, that there are no compassionate degrees. Have you ever heard of a situation? No. You see, we recognize that this person, unfortunate things happened in their life. Uh, they are, they, they are an orphan. They lost money. This happened. This happened. This happened. So because of that, we as the University of Zambia have just decided to award them with this degree. No, they can award your time But it has to be worked for because there are no compassionate ones. And that's the way life works. Like the excuses expire eventually. So it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Next verse. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it's one thing to be waiting. No, I'm just in my waiting season. It's one thing to be waiting. It's another thing for that waiting period to be a period where you're actually gaining value because you're understanding the value of process. I can say a lot on this, but probably I'll say more as the year goes on. But everything has a process. And I let me just say one more thing about process is that this is a, this is a thought that came to me yesterday, is that you have to know where you're at in life and not rush certain things. And someone said, Pastor, am I not supposed to be ambitious? Let me give you an example of an ambitious person. David was ambitious enough to know he could defeat Goliath, but he didn't rush into wearing certain armor. He used what he was used to, the slingshots and the stones. However, check the rest of his battles. He was not using stones. Check the rest of his battles. He was not using stones. And eventually, it wasn't, no, this is my trusted stone. This is a stone I used for Goliath. No. Eventually, David, do you know the level David reached? He reached a level where he became a strategic leader, where he had people who could kill Goliath on his behalf, such that one time they even wanted to go fight. And they told him, you, David, remain behind. You're the light of Israel. So notice the upgrade. Praise God. Let's end here. Let's. No, 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 there's one more point. It's, it's the last one, really. So I can just say quickly. 
understand that many important things are not enjoyable at first. As a matter of fact, a lot of important things. Are you ready for this one? A lot of important things can be very boring. Uh, media, quickly, give me something boring. Like maybe do some MS DOS or, or whatever funny things you guys do. Like, give me something boring. Like, something boring. Like, what if... Now, I don't remember my grade 12 computer studies very well. But are you guys aware that for us to be seeing what we're seeing, there are processes that are going on in the background? Which one of my computer scientists can explain one of the processes for me to see, but... Okay. Dikon Shem, explain for us. Dikon Shem is a computer scientist. Oh my God. Like we, we, we live together at some point. <laughs> As in guys, it was bad. It was bad. And the guy was always studying. And then, then he's, enter, he's busy entering competitions. What's this, what are you going to do in this competition? We're going to code. To code what? And they're staying the whole night excited that they're coding. <laughs> No, but at least the advantage is, at one point, he hacked for me free Wi-Fi. So that's <laughs> he was testing out the coding. Uh, Dikon Jim, explain to us briefly. Uh, he needs a mic. If there is no quick one, we can use this one. Explain to us briefly. Ah, let me tell you. Explain to us briefly what, what goes on for us to have the bad patience, have its perfect work, anything. Okay. Um, at this point, I'm trying to see whether or not I need to start from, because we can explain it in a simple way or a complicated. Okay, start with simple. You've got a few seconds. Start with simple. So to, for us to have projection in simple uh, terms, what happens is there is input which goes into the computer. The computer converts those digital waves into electronic ones which go to the projector. Then the projector simply uh, turns that into lights, often called lumens, and that is then that light is projected on the screen. That Give us one term. complicated explanation. What are these things that are there right now? And what are they for? So what you're seeing in front of you is code which enables you to, in this case, create a box and get the area of that box. So why is that important? Okay, now here's my question. No, in this case, no, here, here's, a, here's an important part. Okay, if I'm going to be a computer scientist, right? Why on earth do I need to know this? So these code enables you to make a computer create a box without knowledge of how to use this language or how to use what, what a box <laughs> so what this what you're seeing on the screen right now is going to create a box a box so hold on you see on your what it means is 
you when you're busy pressing insert box something is going on in the background listen i don't think i need to give the complicated no just explanation. 10 more seconds how come the computer is able to put a box when we say insert box so what happens now, in the computer is it gets your instruction whatever you put on the keyboard on the mouse it has a language there's a way it there's a, there are pre-programmed instructions which recognize those okay so what happens is when you press enter there is a voltage of electricity <laughs> which is sent to the computer and the computer then knows what those bots are and interprets them into instructions which you now see on the screen so that's okay. what happened okay that's enough for now now guys i don't know who else found that now here's the thing I, i'll tell you this um yeah now can you imagine the background work for you to like have fifa 23 so meaning some of that background work could probably be boring, but another person's boring produces enjoyment, right? And then eventually, guys, this will shock you. There's a couple at this church. I won't mention their names. Neither will I mention whether they rhyme with bimbo. But then I, I went to their house with my wife, went to visit them, and we found this huge TV. And so, you know, I'm making conversations like, so what? what do you why did you get such a huge tv and he says no i use it to watch conferences so my first thought was ah, maybe bethel conference uh you know like church conferences or maybe this guy just loves me so much that he always has to watch dominion conference <laughs> conferences it's like ah no coding like what yeah coding like i like the person sits to watch that kind of stuff uh, and they have like coding conventions or something. It's like, what? That shows you something. Eventually, there are certain habits and principles which may be boring to others, which you, which you have to start enjoying. But when starting, they start out boring. Have you ever read certain scriptures and you're just like, ah. no, when making the tabernacle, get one nail and then get the acacia wood and then get the dyed blood and then get this and then get that. But then when you see what it produces, no, honestly, there is a place, there are certain things you won't understand until you read Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot. There are certain things you will never understand until you read them. That shows you that certain aspects of growth appear boring at first and complicated. Do you remember your first reaction when you first saw Long Division? <laughs> Wait, some people are saying even now. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I saw X minus 1. I'm like, oh God, what is this? What is this? The first time I heard you have to write a 200-page something, weren't you like, ah? Oh. 200 pages, where will I get all that stuff from? Then eventually you start, who's ever been there where you've been taught 5,000 words and you're thinking, how will I reach 5,000 words? Then eventually it becomes, 
how can I reduce this to be 5,000 words? Certain things appear boring. I never knew a day would come where I would stand and teach on attendance. You think, you think when I was envisioning being a pastor, I envisioned that one day we'll sit and I'll be teaching attendance. So the importance of, a, no, I thought I would always be teaching the five dimensions of the belly of the glory. There is the small intestine dimension. <laughs> the large intestine. <laughs> That's what I thought I would be teaching. So there are certain aspects of growth that first appear boring and complicated, which is my final question to you for today, and you're going to have to discuss with your neighbor. What are some of those things that are appearing a bit boring and complicated, and because of that, you're not really doing them as much as you should? Discussed. Perhaps ask, how can some of those boring things become interesting? Now, this this may sound controversial. This may sound controversial. I don't know about you. Some of you, you dropped from heaven and the like. I found if there's something I used to struggle with, praying. I was like, what will I say? <laughs> and after I Another was um, like when reading the Bible, when I first said reading it, I actually found, I found the letters boring. I liked the Old Testament because of, then this guy hit the guy, then this guy stabbed this one. So I, it, for me, it was like a movie. And then next I was finding, uh, next, next I'm checking like, and I'm in Ephesians, put on the new man, I'm like, I want action. I want David. <laughs> that, that's what it was. I st right now, one of my favorite books is Proverbs. Oh my God. The first time I read Proverbs, I was like, ah, oh, my son. Sean, Sean. <laughs> like there are some books of the Bible that I read out of discipline. Honestly, there are some I read out of discipline. Ezekiel. Huh? Well, the first time I read Revelations. Now, you know why I'm being this open? I'm being this open because I want you to I want you to know that, you know, sometimes when we come to church, people pretend like they're these Bible machines. And yet <laughs> sometimes you find the Bible machine, Zephaniah and Haggai. And maybe here is a question that I want you to remain with, and perhaps we'll discuss a bit later. But how can you make some of those boring things more interesting? You know, I'm, I'm talking like this because I've come to realize that the people who are aware of the stage that they're at, those who are honest with themselves, even about what they are struggling with, are the ones who improve easily. Yeah. Not every time when you're meeting guys, my brother, me, whenever I'm just starting the word, I feel this fire in me, but you know it's not true. You've never, you don't even know what a fire feels like. There's just a fire shut up in my bones. That's why... You even know that you're just fitting into the conversation because your friend taught you he read. I remember one time I told, I, I was reading the Bible and then started reading the book of Ecclesiastes. And I was very honest with God. I was like, God, this is very negative. Like, I'm struggling. And then one day, I'm in class. And then I heard God say, read the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm like, okay. And then the lecture somehow delayed. And in 15 minutes, I read it. And the amount of revelation I got 
it became one of my favorite books. But don't you think if you don't realize that you need help, you won't get the help? First time I read Karl Marx, I'm like, I'm like, what's this? As in, these guys want me to study this and go produce. My first ever paper at Onza, my first assignment, I got 38%. Yeah, I remember where I got 38% and someone brought it for me because I was famous. <laughs> and I got 38%. And do you know why I got 38%? Because I gave my opinions. I didn't know that they wanted me to give other people's opinions who I found boring. So I then realized that the process is I'm supposed to give other people's opinions skillfully until I reach a stage where my credentials have reached a place where my opinions can be accepted. So I learned how to skillfully bring in mind, we'll give it, think it with people thinking they're theirs. So what I'm trying to say is you have to understand that certain important things that you need to do, you're finding them boring. That's why, that's why every year it's a resolution. There is a reason you've given yourself a resolution. You'll be praying one hour a day. There's a reason why you're only reaching 10, 12, 13 minutes. Maybe you're finding prayer boring. It could be that that's the case. And perhaps you've not admitted it to yourself and to God. Like, God, I'm struggling with prayer right now because of ABCD. Why do you think he sent the Holy Spirit? He knew you would need help. But if you're not asking for the help, how do you think it's going to come? Perhaps the reason why you keep repeating the same course, repeating the same course for some, could be that you're struggling with that subject. It's just very boring for you. You don't like it. Or it's complicated. It's too complicated. Your level of intelligence functions a bit differently. The key could be in finding a way to uncomplicate it. Okay, let's bring this to a close. How many of you have enjoyed this movie? Next week, I'm not sure what I'll talk about. Whether the Lord will allow me to go to the four living creatures or he will give us something else. But I really hope this has helped you with doctrine and life. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds, not the same neighbor you had, to randomly just tell somebody what you've learned. Who needs to be born again? Check with your neighbor, find out. If they are shy, let them come. Okay. Lovely. Are we all saved? Are we all born again? Okay, if that's the case, I'll just say the prayer out loud. And perhaps if you're watching, you can say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord and from today I'm born again. Amen. I declare circumstances aligned to that vision God has given you. You're blessed in your health. You're blessed in your mind. You're blessed in who you do. May God give you eyes to see. May God give you wisdom to discern seasons. May God give you wisdom to appreciate the value in the name of Jesus. And for those who've been struggling with bad habits, 
May God give you grace to overcome them and grace to develop good habits. You are strong. You have won. You have won. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.